Hey everyone, this is Tree, and I want to welcome everyone back to Tracking Our History, brought to you by the Vietnam Tankers Association. As you may recall, this is part two of our interview with Wally Young. Wally is, by consensus, one of the Vietnam tankers' very best drivers. Before we begin, I want to give everyone a rather unique definition. Courage. Courage is a core value of the Marine Corps and consists of two parts, physical and moral strength, to know what the right thing to do is and then do it. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Courage is what turns an ordinary person into an extraordinary Marine. Like to continue. Sure. All right. I think where we where we left off. Uh, I had uh, I had talked about several things. And I had made a, a dumb mistake or two and mentioned being scared. One time, I I know on the uh, 13th of January, I was talking about the ambush at uh, between the rock pile and Kalou, and I was on the way back from Kalu and uh, I, I just started shaking all over. I was driving the tank, going back to the ambush site, and uh, I just forgot to mention the fact that I've I seen my whole life, seemed like it's a fast-moving video. I've seen my whole life, it seemed like flying real fast. I just felt like I was probably going to die that day. Yeah. But I didn't, and uh, rocked on through uh, February, March, April, and May of 68. It was uh, Lieutenant Lulai came up to me and told me that we was ready, getting ready for R&R. So Lulai said we had two papers in, one for, for uh, Sydney and uh, one for Tokyo. He said, you can either go to Japan or wait. And I said, no, I, I'll take Tokyo. So I went on. And uh, I came back. And that was, it seemed to me like it, it was around, around the middle of May. So I just been back off R&R for a couple of weeks. Got a drop down. And Lulai, Lieutenant Lulai comes up. And uh, two tank crews, Bravo 24, Bravo 25, from the second platoon there, the rock pilot, because they'll take these two tanks. 
center, upper part of that mountain up there, that hill across the river. We couldn't have any north of the river yet. Well, we popped around in there, and about that time, they come flying by, about 50 meters to our left. And we took off, and they coasted to a stop, busted an AT, same thing. So we, I call that a cavalry type uh, leapfrog approach. Roundbush side. We probably fired three, three rounds apiece at least before we ever got there. So we was headed straight towards the mountain, and uh, the terrain uh, favored a way for me to kind of go to the right. And uh, and as I was going parallel to the mountain, I was probably six to eight hundred meters from it. And I, I I was still up out of the hat, and I, I started feeling bullets hitting, hitting the tank. Yeah. So I dropped down and, and buttoned up, and I slowed down a little bit and shifted into low and did a hard left and back in the high and centered up on that mountain down there and, uh, and going on to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I told them to open up with a sister, and they, the tank commander, I guess it was the first time or two that he went to use the sister, he broke the cable on the charging cable, so the sister was out. Uh-huh. It was useless the whole time. But got in a little closer, and we started busting caps on the hill, and uh, we pulled right up to the riverbank, practically. It wasn't, wasn't 30, 40 yards from the river and uh started opening up on the river I mean on the on the mountain and uh course Max told me later he said they they were just everybody was just doing what I said. I don't know why but <laughs> you know how it is somebody usually one person it don't have to be the tank commander. Yeah. Somebody do this or do that. So yeah. basically uh, they said they were doing what I said to do.
There's so many bullets in that tank. I, I mean, after a while, you know, you, you don't think much of it. You get a few bullets, you know. When you're sitting out for an hour or two, you know, and it never lets up. Yeah. You get wondering, you know, I was looking for my periscope. Uh, I was looking through them, watching the front. I was looking for the vision block, the busters. I was looking for rounds coming through the diagram. Good. Yeah. And
so somebody somebody needs to go get him. Yeah, you could you could drive in there, you know, another hundred yards going to your left, but the fire was coming from two o'clock. Okay, figure it two and eleven. So if you turn left and drive in there, then you putting them men on the back right in the line of fire again, so I wouldn't move. I just sit there. And I waited for somebody to jump out and go get him, I guess. And uh, I seen there wasn't nobody gonna do it, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to go after him, but I dropped my escape hatch on my driver's compartment and grabbed the grease gun and my 45. And I don't even know if I had a black jacket and helmet or not. I don't know, but I, I stumbled out behind the tank and come around the left side, which I knew, you know, that I was clear there. Yeah. I just started running from back there to back, running fast as I could. Beside the tank, and then when I when I got to the front of it, I had to I had to start that zigzag pattern. That, I mean, it was just like just like clockwork. That's the way I was trained. And that, I learned that from boot camp, and that I, I always believe that saved me. Uh, it's hard to hit a man running zigzag pattern. Yeah, they run fast as I was running, and it was a little downhill going towards that river. And uh, anyway. Yeah. Going back, but I didn't go 
already sitting there. He jumped out and started loading the wounded in, in that one chopper while the other one was landing. And we looked, looked back towards Highway 9, there come a, come a little convoy with a triple truck, you know, it might have been a three-quarter ton Jeep or six-by or something. Give me a holler. 
about three or four months went by, and one day I got a got a message from a guy, and uh, he was on the parking lot of the Marine 1060, John Angle, on the parking lot of Denver, Colorado. He said, I was I was on that ambush. He said, I was one of the first ones hit with mm-hmm. RPG. And instantly killed my A gunner, and I was severely wounded. Yeah. And uh, I, after talking with him and all, I feel sure that, that we hauled him out of there yeah. with the first load. Yeah. Uh, I know that that black guy that we took him out, but I don't know whether he lived or not. But I was always stuck with me, you know. That leave me, man. I ain't gonna make it. Yeah. Uh, I just like to know. Before I die, if he did make it. Yeah, yeah. I hope he did. Some people say, you know, he probably played out. But I don't know. They, uh, I got the list of the 12 men that was killed, and I looked them up. And uh, two or three of them is black marines. Mm-hmm. One of them was his eight gunner. But now the other one, I don't know. And the lieutenant, and I talked with him, and, uh, he talked with Harris Hines about it, and uh, he said that there wasn't nothing concrete, you know, that, that he could give him, you know, about what happened that day. Yeah. You know, he said he's got a lot of vivid memories of that day, but as far as the black guy, he said he couldn't tell him anything about him. Yeah. I found that was kind of strange, yeah. but uh, anyway, uh, two, three on the back side of that hill, they had a they had about the same amount of, of uh, casualties. They had about 11 or 12 killed and 30-something wounded. So. When was this, Billy? When was this? This was May the 31st of 68. Of 68. That, was, that, was that part of the Dido? Part of what? Of uh, the Dido battle? No, I still don't understand what you're saying. Uh, there was, a, there was a, an attempt to... Overrun Don Hahn, and yeah. it was, he was out in the river in that river area. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, two weeks after Lieutenant Hines and them had that big shootout out there at Caseon, out right outside the gate. That's what I told him. I said, "Well, everybody knows all about what happened out there at Caseon." Then two weeks later, we had a big, pretty big shootout out there at Cam Low, but nobody knows nothing about that. No, I, I don't understand that. You know, um, but it was definitely 31st of May of '68. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up. That sounds like Daito. That's uh, 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 they had a huge. Uh, oh God, what was it? A, a, a damn near a division out there. The NDA did. They were planning on on. Um, Trying to overrun Dong Ha to to uh, recreate what they did at Way, yeah, and um, uh, it it uh, a riverboat, one of those swift boats, whatever they are, stumbled yeah. into somebody, some NBA, some goofy kid, I guess, took a pot shot at him, and that kicked everything off, and it was it was a running battle for. Geez, Five, six, seven, eight days. Yeah, it it could have been, but what we did was just like I say, I'd say it was five five to seven hours, something like that. Yeah. And we out of there. Yeah. 
got through what we were doing, uh, we went back in. We backed out with at least two loads mm-hmm. of people, and and, uh, but, and then we went back in. And of course, we fired back in, and when the jets come in and all like that, you know, it, it wasn't long, and we was out of there. Yeah. Yeah. They claimed that, that there was over 400 North Vietnamese killed. It was yeah. a pretty big shootout, and they, they claimed that the they give us credit for 177 uh, kills in two tanks. Yeah. But we got about half of them. And all that took place before the Jets ever got there. Yeah. We, we extracted the wounded basically before the, before the Jets ever got there. Yeah. And it was all under extremely heavy, small arms, automatic weapons fire. Yeah. Yeah. Most I ever experienced in Vietnam. Well, if, they, if, if that's the same battle I'm thinking of, they moved a, a pretty much of a division into that area, and they were stockpiling. So they would have had plenty of ammunition and weapons and whatnot, mortars and, and, and uh, small arms. They, they never used any mortars. The only thing, only thing we had got out was small arms, fire, and automatic weapons. Yeah. But it was plenty of that. So see, they, that uh, Penn City was right across the road there from where we set up by. Highway down there on nine. Yeah. And that silly got there. See, half of them were North Vietnamese, you know that. Yeah. But they was, they was, they planned that ambush for a while. Yeah. And it wasn't far from there, so. And they was in, they was in caves and dug in good. Yeah. That ravine, see, it, tanks couldn't have got up through that ravine. Yeah. And they had it, they had it planned good, but, but we eat them up. I mean, it, it cost, you know, but they paid. They yeah. paid. So when I, when I turned, did that hard left steer and headed for that mountain, I seen the hill just lit up with muzzle flashes. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to myself, ain't no way we can kill all them. That's yeah. what I, no way we kill them all. Yeah. But I think, I think we killed them all. Them grunts, they come over that hill and they, they were doing their job, what, what they do best. Yeah. Well, they must have pushed them down. Into, I mean, whatever, whoever, whatever was left, they must have been pushing them down the, the, the hills. So when you dropped your fire, you were still hitting them. Yeah, we, we were either hitting them or, or we were keeping them from coming down any further. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they weren't coming after that tank. Yeah. But I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. But it's nerve-wracking. You know, just looking through them periscopes, them vision blocks in your driver's compartment. You know, for a long time, and the fire never let up. Yeah. So, anyway, we uh, I'm 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 kind of surprised that they did not charge. You know, when you were backing out. Well, that's interesting. Right? There wasn't there wasn't no way they could have ever got there. No. They'd have to cross that river. Had two tanks sitting there. Yeah. We we would eat them up with a uh, around then. But I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. You know they they do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, understand why? But yeah. Yeah. Or, you know that was, yeah. I have it happened in Vietnam. Yeah. But that that day right there, it always comes back. You know. I can understand that. Yeah. 
in the shower Sunday morning and you don't think nothing happens and all of a sudden you think about it and, you know it just brings up something on emotion you know mm-hmm. heat up I probably I probably cried a, a thousand times over that yeah. one yeah. and uh, it hurt me the most but in one day I had a lot of things that happened but mm-hmm. after that in May in the last of May then I think I think we went out there to, to uh, well, I already talked about taking the road to Case and, uh, but I went out there one time after that, and, uh, and Kellogg was out there with us. We were out there mm. several days, and, uh, but didn't, didn't much, much happen, and, uh, except the fact that at Case on when I slammed that loader's hatch on my, on my hand, and, you know, I was, I had two and a half years in tank, you know, in the Corps before I ever went to Vietnam. So that's why they seem to me like they always put the new guy that come in and put him up there on my tank. <laughs> my tank was the tank I was driving on. Yeah. For me to help take him in. Cause I, knew, I knew the tank as far as everything on it, you know. I was, I was pretty good on it. Yeah. And I just don't think that, uh, and now I went to the VA the other day and, and uh, had an x-ray of my finger, the two fingers I slammed it on, and then my little finger on that same hand, they told me I had a piece of shrapnel in it, and they showed it to me on, on the x-ray. But it's been in there a long time. Yeah. It's like it's about a one-inch sliver. Yeah. And uh, that, that hatch was blown shut, but I don't miss that seat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't miss that loader seat. Many times I got in and out of that tank. I knew how to get in it. Yeah. I believe that hatch was blown shut, and it blew me off of it, off of that bygone seat. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, and then a little later on they they set me up the tank commander, and I didn't really I didn't really want to be a tank commander. I like driving, you know, but. But I had my own tank for, for three or four months during the last part of my tour. But I got sick with that malaria, and uh, we gave every day to receive an unknown vision. But I was up there at the rock pile. We just come in off out there around Tayson, and I was sick, and uh, I had diarrhea and dysentery at the same time. And my fever, I got a fever. I tried to get out of the tank. To take a dump and I'd throw up trying to get out. So they finally they put me on the chopper and sent me down to, to be med. But I went to uh, some place down there with a cold dark tent and I was in it, a 12 man GT tent, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was sick now, I was really sick. And uh, that bag on the foreman, they come by there and I. First thing they did is strip me down butt naked and put me on one of them army cots, canvas cots, mm-hmm. took a water hose, had one of them big industrial fans, yeah. and they tied it over that fan where that water was blowing on me, yeah. and that fan too. Man, I, I couldn't understand that. You were probably running very, very high temperature. I was. I think it was, was 104.3, I think. Yeah, they needed to get it down. Higher than that before I ever got down there. Yeah. But they told 
was in that in that car, and uh, I was in and out. Woke up and I fell up. I fell up on racks about half full of dang on water. You know, I thought, hell, I'm pissed in in the bed or something. And come back around a little while to check me. And oh man, we said, uh, you about to bleed to death. And I said, what? And he said, yeah. I got to looking at my dad on IV. It come about halfway out of my arm. That was blood. My whole rack. Blood. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I got out of that and got out there on the hospital ship for a while, and uh, and I didn't have much time to do. But while I was out there on the hospital ship, I do remember that they had a they had a something the army was having uh, 653rd copper to land on the USS Sanctuary, mm-hmm. something like that. And all the time while I was having that little ceremony on there, there was about four to six couple of Marines wounded characters mm-hmm. circling, wanting to get on that ship. Yeah. That that burnt me and the other Marines that was on there burnt up. up. Yeah, sure. Anyway, we I got off of there, and uh, I uh, I got a little little funny story. Yeah. Uh, everybody liked for me to tell the, the one that know about it. But I was I was a cocky young man, you know, and, and uh, got ready to rotate, been sick, and on the way back up from that hospital ship, uh, I, when they first evacuated me, I left the rock pile. I, I give uh, Hernandez and them fifty dollars and told them to send my gear home for me because I probably won't be coming back. I had an Alabama state flag, and you know, you write your governor and they'll send you a flag. Yeah. You know how I that. Oh, yeah. I did that, and I had it was hanging over my rack there in my bunker at the rock pile. And, and uh, I had heard when I was getting ready to leave, they said, Well, there's a man from Alabama coming out here to take your place. That was the last thing I did. I said, Hey, I was thinking to get my flag, and I said, No. I said, Be sure that man from Alabama gets this flag. Oh, wow.
these boys in there uh, checking out, I don't know what it was. Uh, sorry to talk, I don't know who it was, but, but I got a, had a couple words in there. Mm-hmm. They didn't like my attitude, and they told me to just go on, go on outside and wait out there. <laughs> stepping out of the tent, and I heard one of them said, uh, attitude like that, he allowed them to go home in a pine box or a body bag or something like that. Ooh. I still had my bag on pistol and my shoulder holster. Then I stepped back in there. And I said, I hear somebody say something about me going home in a body bag. And they mumbled around. I said, I'm down goose up on the BMZ. What they would put me in one. I said, I'm down until I don't see nobody around here that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just go on outside, you know. So I went outside and uh, it started the day before then. Cause, uh, I went in the mess hall, field mess hall there, and uh, this guy comes up and tells me to take your cover off going through the line. You know, you know how we was up there. We didn't worry about nothing. Send him out on mess hall or nothing. Yeah. I told him I'd take it off when I got to the other end, you know. Yeah. Got down there to the other end. He was waiting there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said something about taking it off when I got down there. But what happened was, Getting off the hospital ship, they give me brand new clothes. Oh, okay. Stateside utility. Yeah. So I look like a new guy. Oh. Just got in country. And that's where it all started. And that's what he was doing. And old Hernandez, he reached across that bag on the child line and grabbed that guy by the collar and pulled him about halfway over there. Back off, Jack. So leave him alone. That he ain't just getting here. He's on his way home. Yeah. So he slacked off. Then uh, come outside that tent where I had that spat. I told them other boys, I said, the next son of a bitch that gives me any shit is going down. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, I said, I, I bet you we won't, he ain't never going to get out of the country without getting on somebody's ass. <laughs> By that time, this sergeant walked up. Well, I have one more place to check out, special services. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Like I had a basketball out of it. <laughs> He told me, he said, I'm, I'm sergeant whoever old special services. Said, that's the only place you got to check out. Said, you got anything out? And I said, no, I ain't got nothing out. And uh, he said, well, just go on up there and sign the paper. He said, when you go in that tent there, I said, tell that corporal in there. I said, give you one of them cigarette lighters. Third Marine Division, third tank battalion, yeah. you know, Vietnam. Yeah. I said, all right, appreciate it, sir. So I went on up there and, uh, Went in, went in there, and uh, had a pallet floor and a little plywood counter there, and all. Uh, I was careful too, you know, but we didn't wear no stripes. Yeah. There, you know? yeah. And uh, this tall guy, you know, he was—he hadn't been there long. I can tell that, but checked out and everything, and I almost forgot it. And I thought about it, and I said, "Oh yeah," I said, "That sergeant." Uh, said to tell you to give me one of them lighters, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And he looked at me and looked at, looked at my brother, you know. He said, this is where the shit really got started. He said, did he tell you to tell me to give you one of them lighters, or did he tell you to ask me for one of those cigarette lighters? Mm-hmm. Hey, blood started running through my veins, and it pissed me off. I said, well, girls, I said, if you want to be technical, what he said was, Tell you to give me one of them lighters. That's what he said. And he said, Well, are you telling me or asking me? And I said, Well, 
thing is doing neither one. But I will tell you one thing. I said, I can tell by your attitude. I said, you ain't been here long. I said, I done done my time over here. I'm going home. And I said, what you need to do is these people coming from up on that DMZ and been out there, when they get ready to go home, you need to give them their shit. Don't give them no bunch of bullshit. And then when you get ready to go home, there are people that show you a little respect and do the same thing. And he said, well, he said, I tell you what, he said, you come back after lunch, and I'll see if I can find you one of them lighters. And hey, I, I just reached up there. I didn't like them, that jacket I had on no way to the boot camp. I just reached up there and grabbed it, just snatched the buttons off, threw it down on that pilot. And I said, no, motherfucker, you fixing to give me that damn lighter right now. And he still, he didn't think I was going to get on his ass. He said, back on no legal hold. He thought he had me. When he said legal hold, that's when I come across that counter and I pushed him in the mouth. It was hard as I could hit him. I jumped over that counter. I hit him two or three more times. He's kind of tall. But when I hit him, somehow or another, I knocked him back to my right over in the corner. And he hit the floor. hit that pallet floor. And as soon as he hit that floor, my jungle boot was right in his ass. I kicked uh, and he hollered, I'll get the ladder, I'll get the ladder. He started running back towards the back of the tent. He said, from now on, I'm just going to do my job, do my duty. I ain't going to give nobody no shit. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Like, hey, I just told you that wasn't five minutes ago. He got back there to his little cubby hole. He stumbled around there and found, found the ladder. He took a couple of steps over to me to hand it to me. And I see his hand was shaking. He handed me that lighter, and I looked up there at my buddies at the other end of the tent. I said, hey, y'all want a lighter? They said, yeah. And I said, give me three more. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he handed me one, I'd throw it all the way to the other end. That one of them tankers reached me. one in catch, grabbed them lighters. We, we got uh, four lighters out of that deal. <laughs> I still got mine. The third Marine Division got a tank on it. Yeah. Reinforced. Yeah. Didn't Yeah, that's. That's a story about the lie. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even mean to use them bad words, but hell, sometimes. No, no, no. It's, it's good. Just, yeah, you know. Yeah, we're, we're the, 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 don't, don't sweat it. The podcast is labeled explicit, so yeah, it's okay. No problem. Yeah. Um, that pretty much wrapped me up, you know. Well, let, me, I was, let me ask you a question before when we. R&R, when I went on R&R, the uh, rockets were trailing us down the runway. And uh, I got up in the air, and between Dong Ha and Da Nang, the man was he was either right beside me or one over. Mm-hmm. He was right beside me, maybe one in between us. But I heard a pop, and they, they shot him from the ground. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of stunned me. You know, I heard the noise. I didn't really, I didn't see nothing. Yeah. I looked over that way, and by the time I even looked, there. A couple of guys on the other side jumped up over and grabbed him and snatched him out there and started working on him. Yeah. I don't know if he lived or not, but when I left the rock pile uh, to go on R&R, I had a, had a buddy over there. The first man I met from Alabama over there. Mm-hmm. He was in, he was in grunt. He was a grunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, me and him, we 
know, we just hit it off. We were both from Alabama, and we talked and talked about home and everything. And when I got ready, he was short. I got ready to go on R and R. I told him, I said, Bob, I said, I'm, I'm going to Tokyo. I said, I'm gonna call home, talk to my mama. You know, when I get to Tokyo, and he said, Hey, if you're gonna do that, he said, Won't you have your mama to call my mama, which is only 40 miles from my home? Tell her that I'm sorry that I hadn't rode home, but uh, I'll probably be home before a letter can get there. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, when I when I got off the plane coming back from Tokyo, I seen some grunts that were from up there in our area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just passing back real quick past. Hey, man, how you doing? Have y'all been in any shit? I said, yeah, and I said, I'm right. And he said, boo, too. Did anybody get that? He said, yeah. And I said, who? Uh, he told me it was my friend, Bobby. Uh, and uh, what happened was, he was drunk and he was short. Mm-hmm. He was a squad leader. Mm-hmm. And there was an ambush out there. And he didn't have to go. But it was his men, so he went. Yeah. First man off the truck. And a grenade went off. Blew his head and both his hands off. When I come home, I, I went down and met his met his mom, and they wanted his body, but I was in Japan, so I couldn't. But his brother come back with him, so I got to meet his brother, and we became friends. And all uh, his Marine over there too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he said the last time he saw him, they was both in full combat gear, couldn't get on chopper and part ways, and. Uh, he looked, at, he looked at his brother and he said, when you get home, said, you need to just lay low, you know, for a couple of weeks. Don't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. He said, when he, his brother looked at him and tears running in his eyes, and he told me, he said, I knew he was a dead man right then. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he, yeah, it was, it was a bad situation, but his brother's dead too now. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's, that's the only thing that, and, uh, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you were sitting to ask me something while I go, and then I... Oh, yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, because, uh, I also went to, uh, Tokyo, but I didn't hang around too much in, uh, in, uh, that area. Did yeah. you get outside, uh, did you get outside Tokyo? No. No, I didn't ever go nowhere I've been.
He's going to the liquor store, and he was just that man in there. Well, before we go, well, that man hooked him up the place to go where he met a nice woman that didn't cost him nothing. Yeah. Things like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He took care of me the last couple of days, you know, like we went out to eat, that where they cook it at the table and all that. Yeah. He took the drinks, paid for my food, everything, you know. But he was dating at home at that time. His girlfriend was, was Miss Georgia. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah. I always said, you know, he just had a little more cooch than me. <laughs> I fell in love with a with a uh, a marine, a woman marine on the way back. I don't know if she was first lieutenant or second lieutenant. Uh-huh. Well, you know how you just do that, you know. Yeah. You didn't have time for that, but it happened. Sure. But it was all good. And then when I when I got down to uh, Da Nang when I was leaving, the funny thing that happened to me was. I got down at the, uh, I went and saw a movie with, uh, James Coburn. Was, uh, oh, what's the name of that daggum movie now? Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie. I went and saw that movie that day. But at the, uh, the, uh, center there, what, uh, I forget what they call it now. Uh, travel, transit center. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now that transit center, when I first got down there and I, I seen a water cooler. You know, like back in the States, yeah. back in the world, you know, cold water. Yeah. Well, I wasn't cool enough to go up there and, and just go up there and try to get me. I stood back and watched that thing for about 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, see if anybody else went up and took a drink. I went over and looked at it, see if it was hooked up and all that shit. <laughs> I pre-timed that down water cooler before I would took a drink out of it. Yeah. It was cold. It was cold water. That was funny, and I saw my first round-eyed woman down there somewhere in, in the Nang. Other than that lieutenant, that woman marine, yeah. I saw, I guess she was a Navy nurse or something. Yeah, probably something. Nurse I've seen in a long time. Yeah. But then, and, uh, one more thing I'd, I'd like to tell a, a quick about. Yeah, sure. When I got to the airport, mm-hmm. I went in the the, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Los Clark Air Force Base in Los Angeles or somewhere where we landed. Mm-hmm. I went in there and went to the lounge. And when I got in there, it was all on me. They wasn't my man in there except for me. Mm-hmm. I walked up to the bar and everybody was standing up. There wasn't nobody sitting on the bar, so mm-hmm. it was loud and rocking. Mm-hmm. Went up there and he carded me. And I liked about Two or three days before my 21st birthday. Uh-huh. So he told me, he said, well, I can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell my job. Well, that's right. And uh, the guy next to me, over there, he said something to the bartender. He said, if you were to buy and drink, what would you drink? I said, whiskey. So the next thing I know, them soldiers, they started buying shots of whiskey. Uh-huh. I'm up there in front of me, and it was getting loud down after about four or five. Got, you know, and everybody started, who the fuck this out in Vietnam? All them so first air cab, 101st, 82nd airborne. <laughs> it was getting loud and rowdy, you know. Yeah. I wasn't saying nothing, but I was drinking them shots. Yeah. Uh, finally, I got one of them soldiers there by me, said, hey, man, said, who 
Who's this outfit in Vietnam? And he said that. I, I had a shot there, and I looked at it. I took that shot and looked at it from there, and I looked to my left, I looked to my right, and there was an soldier in there, and it was a long ball. They were all looking at me and waiting to see what I was going to say. I turned that shot up and killed it, and I slammed that glass down on the counter, and I hollered, the third main division, who in the hell do you think? Some soldier said, yeah! <laughs> I think I was talking about that, boy. That's how it did. I'm on 30 to 1. <laughs> she welcomed me home with that now. Woman. <laughs> oh, God. I will forget that. That was so funny. Well, you know, most people think that, uh, uh, well, yeah, but we all know that even a Marine of one is never outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that pretty much wrapped me up. Okay. I've got a lot of things I can talk about, you know, but I don't want to go back and jump in between where I went, but that's, that's something I highlight. You know, I had I had other things that happened. Oh well, yeah, so appreciate this thing. Well, I won't you know, didn't say nothing about no music. No, I had a couple of, of songs that I liked. Yeah, and I just told told two or three of them that I thought about. I know it. I some people say, well, yeah, man, it's Sinatra, and these boots are made for walking. But another one that that she put out there that. That I got hooked on going to one of the reunions or coming back is, is uh, Bang Bang Shot Me Down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I, I like that. And these boots are made for walking. I, I like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, you going you will accompany me. You, you know who I'm talking about? What's his name? Uh, I always think about it. I'll be talking about the, the Statue of Liberty. You will, you going, you will accompany me. Going to walk for me, talk for me. I, I can't think of who sings it now, but I also sang. He sang Fire Lake. I know you know that one. Fire Lake. Yeah. Who is who's the one that sang that? I got his name on the tip of my tongue, but I can't call it. Not Merle. Huh? Not Merle. No, no, this is a this is a rock and roll. It's a uh, oh, rock and roll. Yeah, it's uh he sang uh oh uh, he sang a lot of songs. I went to that reunion down in Florida. Yeah. Had a paper here and every song that he sang just remain I just thought about Vietnam. He's singing about Vietnam. And that's what I was thinking when he sang that song. It was, uh, He's talking about the Statue of Liberty. You know how they be gonna be on our side one day, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'll find it. Well the name of it is, is uh You Will Accompany Me. That's the name of it. Okay. Also saying uh Betty Lou getting down tonight. Oh, oh. You know who I'm talking about. Oh now. god, now, yeah, sure. He's big with us. He was. He's oh, my yeah. he's my face, I imagine. I think, man, he had a lot of hits, uh, but anyway, you'll, you'll find out. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, uh, oh, man. I, Betty Lou getting out of it. I got, I, yeah, I can probably sing a lot of it in my head. Uh, yeah. I just can't 
out now. I yeah. had to write it down. So I can't call it man. I always like music, but I like a lot of songs. You know, everybody was singing about Vietnam back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even the country. Thank you. 
think that picture I had, he said 77 kills. Yeah. And I heard later that about 400 people yeah. and they give us 177. Yeah. I know we killed a lot of them. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing with those chronicles is that it's it, they are so sketchy. You know, they didn't, yeah. they didn't really say much other than, you know, this tank or that tank. And, and uh, you got, I got, I got more out of uh, the number of rounds expended than replaced than, <laughs> than the actual verbiage. Yeah. And you know, that sounds like 250, you know, and San, in uh, San Antonio, I, I did an interview with several of the other four five of us that was, was on that. Basically, if you ever watched the, the uh, video, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but anyway, they, in my opinion, they disrespected me. Blues, I think Blues was in it, but they, not him, but the others, they made out like, you know, well, they were two or three of them. Lambs on 250s, you might have, might have been another one. But the real skinny is, I got, I slammed that motor back on the 5th of July, and I did. Uh, six weeks of light duty, and that was uh, July, yeah, August the 15th, that's when that operation was, mm-hmm. and Sergeant Baldwin, he come into Camp Carroll, coming out of Quezon, and, uh, and he asked me that evening, you ever hear about that big explosion there at the Rock Island when the 1-9 was coming in to help uh, fill in around the perimeter? And they, they set off in the wall down there in a, one of our maintenance bunker. Mm-hmm. You hear about that? Yes, yes. That was, that was that's when me and Bob were talking up there in the company area at, at the tank park. Water back, the uh, canvas water barrel up there. And we were both standing there talking and Bob and asked me right then. He said, what you going to be doing tomorrow, you know? I said, well, I don't know. Started Bob and I, I used to be a driver. And then they sent him on out to Peru. And I stated, well, I need a good driver. Yeah. And I said, well, what are we going to do? And he said, we're going out and get. And I said, well, that's fine. He said, we're leaving early. I told him then, I said, well, I ain't, I ain't wanting to blow my own book or nothing like that. I said, I, I don't claim to be the best driver in Bravo Company, but I'm one of them. Yeah. And he said, I know that, young. That's why I'm asking you. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll drive for you. I mean, it wasn't like I asked nobody none of that shit in the morning. You know, he said, we're leaving early. I said, we left there before 4 o'clock yeah. with four tanks. Yeah. And we went over there. Well, just after that, that's when that bunker blew up down there. Uh-huh. One time, throwed an illumination grenade and then set them logs off and killed three of his buddies. Uh-huh. That's the day that happened. And the next morning, that should have been August the 14th when that happened. The next down morning, when we cut out for uh
see body and body parts laying everywhere. Yeah. And they hollered, we're in the biggest minefield the United States has got. <laughs> we need to get out of there. Yeah. We've got to go a mile in any direction to get out of there. trouble finding it uh, I'll tell you what I will send you uh, a list of uh, you know I'll, I'll text you over a list of uh, of uh, 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 podcast sites because okay. there's eight of them it publishes under eight okay so and then you can whatever uh, you know some of them cost you some money some of them don't so and I don't remember which is which but 
but you going to plow it out? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you, man. God, you're <laughs> kidding me. Me too. My wife, my wife asked me the other day, "Is he going to the reunion?" I said, "I imagine so. If he'll be there." I said, "He was in there on the laugh on where was it at? Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Oh. Yeah, he was in Seattle." Oh God, yeah! I'm looking forward to it. This is that's my that is my that's where I get my batteries recharged for the next couple of years. I kid you not. See, oh, only, the only place I can I, I trust people completely. I love being there. We can talk about any other shit we want to talk about, and and everybody understands. You know, it's just it's just I don't know. For me, it's it's the place to be. It really is. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate you hooking up with me and letting me do this. Well, it's it, please, it's my pleasure, and I'm glad I got you because you you hit on some stuff that nobody's touched on yet, and that's terrific. Yeah, John Ware, he's been trying to get me to to write stories and all, but see, I ain't well nothing on the computer. I, I can't I can't find nothing. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, you know. And he can tell me and all that, but I yeah. I, I just ain't. I ain't too savvy on it. Yeah. Yeah, only, and according to my DD-214, I was just on four major combat operations. Yeah. And that was uh, Kingfisher, one and two, and uh, another one, that one going case on out there. Yeah. Get the name of it. But but I drove lead tank, taking the road back to case on in April. Yeah. The first time it was open after the mountain time. Yeah. Yeah, some of them boys out there at uh, the caisson said that, that picture on the on the back of the, that book, the Marine Corps tank battle in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. On the front of it, that crew of engineers. Yeah. Yeah, they they said that was that was him and his crew. But hey, I I can look at that back of the picture. I know every one of them men and where they're standing in that terrain. Mm-hmm. They would ride them. I told you that before. They would ride them company all the way from the rock pile to Kalu. And plus, they dug up that 60 pound shape charge and two claymores right, right in front of them. Right, right, yeah. I mean, they, can, they could have been in it too, but but that don't look like the terrain from uh, Kalu to the case on the best. That was mostly mountains. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that flat? Yeah. And that picture, I asked Dick Kerr, and he said that looked more like uh, around Kalu to him. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. That looked just like between the rock pile and Kalu. I don't know where we need to that thing. I yeah. know. Yeah. All right, brother. Okay. I look, look forward to seeing you. Yeah. I'll see you in, in about two weeks, huh? Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Wally. Right. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.